Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. NFL returns We are into the final four weeks of the season, and we are off and running tonight with a game that has a bevy of subplots as we roll into the NFL with week 14 action. Dallas Cowboys on the road against the Chicago Bears. I think there are so many storylines here, and in particular, I'm going to start with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys are 6-6. and They have not beaten a team with a winning record so far this year. That's not going to change tonight because the Bears, whether they win or lose, are a 6-6 six and six team. But here is the problem with the Cowboys so far as I see it from afar, having watched pretty much every one of their games, at least in some poor, form or fashion, so far this year. The Cowboys have no offensive identity. They have an incredibly talented offensive line. They have one of the best wide receivers in the game in Amari Cooper. But ever since they paid Ezekiel Elliott, their run game has vanished. And I don't know if the Cowboys can make a decision whether this is Zeke's team or whether this is Dak Prescott's team. So far, the numbers reflect that this is Dak Prescott's team, that he is the engine that drives this team. But the reality is... As good as Dak has been at producing on a massive level, and oftentimes this season he has been outstanding, the team has not won at a high level when he has been the conductor of the Dallas Cowboy train. They lose every time they play against a team that actually has a pulse. 
look at their wins, look at their losses this season, and tell me that this is not an easy setup to actually dive into. When the Dallas Cowboys play against somebody decent, they curl up in the fetal position and they die over and over and over again. Now, I don't think the Chicago Bears are particularly decent, but tell me where they fit in into this cadre of games. All right, if you've been watching the Cowboys so far this year, here are their wins. Are you ready? And let me see if you can deduct a pretty easy uh, form of, uh, of, of analysis here in terms of wins and losses. They beat the Giants. The Giants are awful, so bad, in fact, that Eli Manning might be coming back to rescue an injured Daniel Jones. They beat the Redskins, who are atrocious, okay? The NFC East is an ugly, awful, indefensibly bad division. We'll get to that in a minute. They beat the Dolphins. Sensing a theme so far, right? They lose to the Saints. Saints are pretty good. They lose to the Packers. Packers are pretty good. They lose to the Jets, which is still an indefensible loss, even for the Cowboys. They beat the Eagles, who are no good. They beat the Giants, again, who are no good. They lose to the Vikings. They beat the the Lions, who are awful. They lose to the Patriots. They lose to the Bills, all right? They have four games left. Based on the way this season has gone, I think the Cowboys have a good chance to beat the Bears because they're not good, but I'm not 100% sure because the Bears aren't awful either. They're thoroughly mediocre. They will lose to the Rams, who are at least somewhat decent. They'll probably lose to the Eagles on the road, and they will beat the Redskins. All right? This means the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion, are either going to be 9-7 and seven or 8-8, eight and eight, depending on what happens in tonight's game. So for me, Jason Garrett is probably gone. When, when you have a situation where Jerry Jones is saying, oh, I think he'll coach in the league next year, and he's not saying, oh, he's going to be the Cowboy coach next year, that's not a good sign. Jason Garrett is gone. He's riding off into the Cowboy sunset. That means you're going to have to go back to the drawing board, find a brand new, uh, brand new head coach. And by the way, I'll tell you who my brand new head coach for the Dallas Cowboys should be, Greg Roman. Look at what Greg Roman has done for Tyrod Taylor, for Lamar Jackson, and for Colin Kaepernick. Now, Dak isn't necessarily as athletic or mobile as Lamar Jackson and as uh, Colin Kaepernick. But what, what I think there is a really good sign of is Greg Roman unlocks the offensive potential of whatever team he goes and represents. The Cowboys need help in trying to determine what their identity is. I believe they need to run that identity through Dak Prescott 100%. I think they overpaid Ezekiel Elliott. If you remember, I told you when Ezekiel Elliott was holding out, when's the last time there's been a running back who held out in the NFL and you ultimately ended up thinking, you know what, the team should have paid him. Todd Gurley got paid. He's done. Le'Veon Bell got paid. What's the impact been to the Steelers? They're in the playoffs right now. The Jets are awful. If you pay, Melvin Gordon held out, didn't get paid. Team still stinks. If you end up bending to the wishes of a running back and overpaying that running back, and by overpaying, I mean giving anybody $10 million or more, in my opinion, is overpaying a running back. If you allow the running back to dictate in any way to you, then over the long term, your team 
suffers. And my concern here is that when the Dallas Cowboys buckled and paid Ezekiel Elliott, remember they still haven't paid Dak, they still haven't paid Amari Cooper, those are going to be massive deals that they have to work out. My concern is this was the last year the Dallas Cowboys had to take advantage of Dak Prescott being under an insanely low contract and they were unable to do so. So as you project forward, as the Cowboys start to have to pay for all the talent on this team, Amari's going to get his money. Dak's going to get his money. That means you're going to have to detract from other parts of this team. And I happen to believe the Dallas Cowboys have reached their crest and they have begun their descent, at least under this current lineup, which they have created. Now, bigger picture here. I have a major issue with only one thing about the way the NFL does its postseason. I am perfectly okay with the situation where it's hard to get into the playoffs in the NFL, right? There are 12 teams that make the playoff. There are 32 teams that strive to make the playoff every year. Four teams get buys, eight advance into wildcard weekend. All right, I personally think there should be more teams that make the playoffs. I would do away with the buys, and I would add two more playoff teams to each side, the AFC and the NFC. But what I think one billion percent needs to happen is this idea that if you win your division you get an automatic uh, home playoff game is absurd right now we are staring straight down the of a 10 and 2 team in the san francisco 49ers going on the road and having to play against the dallas cowboys because the dallas cowboys happen to be in the nfc east which is the worst division in football this year and while it might seem like i'm picking on the nfc east because the redskins because the cowboys because the eagles and because the giants are awful It's not just about them. This has happened before. The Seahawks hosted a home playoff game with a losing record. Carolina Panthers hosted a home playoff game with a losing record. That should never happen. If you can't do better than 8-8, you shouldn't be able to make the playoffs, in my opinion. They should go and take the next best team up and allow the six best teams or the eight best teams in the event they expand the playoffs into uh, the NFL playoffs with an idea of rewarding excellence as opposed to rewarding geographic mediocrity which is the way the NFL playoffs work right now but the Cowboys and the Eagles right now in a uh, sloppy boxing match between two fat people who are just leaned over against each other barely able to stand up that's where we are right now in the universe of the NFC East on the other side of the ball big game tonight for the future of the Chicago Bears I legitimately don't know what the head coach there Uh, Nagy has got planned going forward is he going to be committed to Mitch Trubisky that I find that hard to believe I feel like the city of Chicago has turned on Trubisky I feel like Bear fans in general don't believe in him even though the, the Bears seem to have kind of righted the ship over the past couple of weeks and he hasn't been exactly awful but I think as we move forward the Bears have a bunch of important decisions to make and I think those decisions start tonight now I don't think the Bears are going to be able to fight their way back into the playoff picture because the NFC North, they're already behind the Packers. They're already behind the Vikings. They're 6-6. and I know they got a win earlier this year over the Vikings, which is ironically between these two teams with 12 wins, the only win that either of these teams has over a team with a winning record. But as you project forward for the Bears, what in the world do they want to do at the quarterback position? I think it's fair to say that Chase Daniel has pretty much given up the ghost in terms of his overall impact in the years ahead. He's aging. He's never played that much. He's not the answer to replace Mitch uh, Trubisky, even if you don't believe in Trubisky going forward. I think the Bears have a really 
intriguing decision to make, and it's directly related to a lot of the decisions that are being made elsewhere in the NFL. In particular, yesterday on the program, we talked quite a bit about what the Carolina Panthers were going to do going forward. And one part of what the Carolina Panthers are going to do going forward is they're going to let go of Cam Newton. And when they let go of Cam Newton, do the Bears believe that Cam Newton could be the quarterback of their future? If not, who is that quarterback of the future? Do they believe in Phillip Rivers? Do they believe in Teddy Bridgewater? Do they believe in Marcus Mariota? Maybe because Mark Helfrich is the offensive coordinator there with the Bears and he knows what Mariota can do and they could theoretically get him cheap. Do they believe in Eli Manning, for all I know? Do they believe that there is a quarterback out there who may well be a free agent that could make sense, Jameis Winston, maybe on the board as well, that would be substantially better than Mitch Trubisky. If they do, that's the direction they need to move. I think that it's possible the Bears are stuck here with Mitch Trubisky because they don't really have any good options. He's still young in his career, and the problem with Mitch Trubisky that he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his career is he ain't Deshaun Watson and he ain't Patrick Mahomes, and he got drafted before both of them. And that ultimately is why I believe the relationship between the Bears and their franchise quarterback, if you want to consider Trubisky to be that, is so incredibly toxic right now. So we are diving into a field of mediocrity tonight to begin the return of the NFL season on Thursday night for Week 14. I don't have any clue what in the world is going to happen tonight. I think I lean towards the Bears just because they're the home underdog and both these teams have had a full week to get ready. I do think the quality of play on Thursday night has not been a very big topic this season as much and we had two Thursday night uh, teams playing on Thanksgiving last week so they've had an entire week to get ready which means in theory you could see a pretty high quality game. There is a lot at stake here because if the Cowboys lose given the fact that the Eagles still stink but the Eagles feel good about the next to last week of the season having the ability to beat the Cowboys and take back control of this division. And again, the larger questions about what's going to happen with Dak and Amari, what's going to happen with Ezekiel Elliott, can the Cowboys get Ezekiel Elliott back rolling in time for the postseason, by which time they could potentially be able to threaten some of the teams with a run in the NFC. That is, to me, the big storyline as we move forward. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy there are some things that are too good to keep a secret Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is always a confident show, especially when it's Thursday mornings and we are joined by Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. Uh, you can find him there. You can listen to him on Sirius XM. You can also read him at The Athletic, and he joins us now. Frank, appreciate uh, you hanging out here. Are you ecstatic beyond belief that Greg Schiano is back at Rutgers and you guys are going to win a national championship now in uh, New Jersey in college football? Um- I'm in the belly of the beast in New Jersey, and the entire state of New Jersey looks at you as a bigger rival <laughs> than they do Penn State or anybody else. Yeah, he did. To be fair, and I actually used to go to a couple of those games when my son was younger. He kind of got caught up in it. And since we're technically paying Greg Shannon's salary, there, yes. were, there were a couple of fun years there where they're a good team. But this, you know, the Big Ten is a bit of a different animal. I went to Maryland, and I think Maryland is realizing that the Big Ten. Is a different animal. Do you still wish? I mean, you went to Maryland, and I went to school at GW and and in DC, and I still think of Maryland as an ACC school. I mean, and I don't know how many years it's been six, seven years now that you guys have been in the Big Ten. In your mind, do you sometimes still think of Maryland as an ACC school? Think about Duke, North Carolina, or watch them playing basketball, and just think for an instant, oh, I wonder how we're going to do, meaning Maryland this year against them, before you realize, oh, wait, now we play Iowa and Indiana instead of uh, Duke and North Carolina? 
I was waiting. I thought you were going to pay me a compliment and said, what has it been, like six or seven years since you got out of school? Yeah, yeah, no, it's been a little bit longer for both of us. <laughs> you know, um, when I was at school, they were in the ACC. It was fun. You know, North Carolina would come in, you know, mostly for basketball. But even football back then, it was, you know, you were playing teams. You know, they would play West Virginia. You know, once in a while you would get a game against Penn State. You know, they played their final game of the season this year. I was thinking about it, against Michigan State. Would yeah. it have been more interesting if they were playing a team like West Virginia or you know or University of Virginia, North Carolina? I don't. I keep forgetting that Syracuse is in the ACC. Yeah, it's, it's absurd that they're there. Same thing with Pittsburgh. I don't. A lot of that. I know why they did it. Why Penn State went. Why Rutgers went. Why Maryland went for the money and for the football. But you know they just can't compete. And when they're like to your point, when they're playing teams like Illinois and Iowa, it's like why am I supposed to be interested in these games? I feel like the New York area has had a lot of success over the years in sports. But you guys right now, with the Jets and the Giants and the Knicks, I mean, there's a lot of futility in the Big Apple. And so I want to start with the Daniel uh, Jones situation. Eli might be coming back to play now because Daniel Jones has got an injury. Uh, There was a lot of excitement about Danny Dimes when the season began and he won a couple of games back-to-back. That excitement seems to have faded quite a bit. What letter grade, if you were uh, grading right now Daniel Jones, would you give his rookie year? You know, I'd probably give him a C to maybe like a even a C minus just because he can't predict the ball enough. You know, it's it's one thing you're learning on the fly, but you can't turn the ball over the way that he does. He fumbles it all the time. He throws interceptions. It's funny after that first game that they had against Tampa Bay, with the first game that he played, and you know, he marched him down the field on that 75 yard drive. I think he did it in under two minutes. He ended up scoring the go ahead touchdown. They won the game only because the field goal kicker on Tampa Bay missed uh, Mr. Short. Yeah. Uh, kick and I said, I said, listen, like everyone was trying to say on around the horn, I was like, you have your franchise quarterback. I said, I don't know that yet. It's one game. I do like the fact that he drove the team down the field, but let's take a little bit of time. And you've seen this now in the NFL. It's going on with Lamar Jackson, who was terrible last year in the playoffs and has had a great season. Everyone wants to jump to conclusions yeah. with these rookie, with these young quarterbacks, and it's almost like a game by game thing. Like, well, let it breathe a little bit. These guys are allowed to have some bad games. I, to me, the jury is out on him. I just don't know if he protects the ball well enough. He never seems to really understand where the rush is coming from. I think the fact that he could scramble certainly helps, but to me, once again, there's a difference between scrambling and running. Like Lamar Jackson, who's a brilliant athlete, I get worried every time he runs, because he's built like a linebacker, but after a while, all those hits that you take are going to catch up with you, and I I wonder about Daniel Jones. It's his first year, but to to answer your question, I'm going to give him like a C to a C- minus just because he has too many turnovers. What would you give, what letter grade would you give Sam Darnold in year two? And obviously it's partly incomplete because of the mono, but I loved that, you know, they go out and they win a game. I think it was against, who did they beat? They went out and they beat uh, the Raiders. Yeah, they beat Dallas, but they also beat the Raiders. And they went out and, like, celebrated. And the New York Post had an article like, oh, uh, you know, Sam Darnold went out drinking and he was making out with some girl. And people are like, yeah, that's why you play quarterback, because you win a football (laughs) game. And then you get to go out and have drinks and make out with somebody you didn't know beforehand. Uh, But uh, I thought it was funny that that's a story. Like, the New York Post is covering it. I think it was the New York Post. might have been the New York Daily News. No, it was the New York Post on page six. Yeah, okay, page six. So, uh, and I love stories like that just because they're so ridiculous. But what grade, by the way, I hope also that his mono is not contagious anymore for whoever that girl was (laughs) that he's making out with. And maybe that's how he got mono in the first place uh, when winning a few games as a rookie. So what, uh, how would you assess his year two if you were letter grading it? 
Yeah, I'm looking at the the illness early on because he probably was playing that that first game. He probably wasn't feeling, but that was a game that he had against Buffalo. And you look at Buffalo now. I think the Jets had a 17 nothing lead right. in that game and blew, and blew it in the second half when Josh Allen played really well. I would probably tend to give him a C plus just because I'm going to curve it a little bit on the injury. But to your point about that page six item. The reporter, who's like a freelance, he calls himself a street journalist. I know the guy. Because <laughs> earlier in the day, I'm going to send you the text that he sent me. Because it was almost word for word what appeared later on in the New York Post that day. Like, the, he loves, like, telling me this stuff. He always runs into NBA players. I wasn't going to do yeah. anything with it. Why do, why do I care? But I do think it's funny, to your point, it's like Joe Namath, like, he built a career around winning the Super Bowl. By the way, he had more interceptions than touchdowns in his career. But we know Joe Namath for guaranteeing Super Bowl and winning, and then just for kind of being the single playboy. I'm thinking to myself, Sam Donald is the quarterback of an NFL team in New York. He's single. He's, what, 22 years old? I think it is a big I would hope that he's going out having fun after the game. Now it's almost like held against you that you're doing that because the world is so screwed up in so many ways. Yeah, it's funny because New York, to me, is one of the great cities to be young in. And, and what I mean by that is a lot of cities and maybe it's changed somewhat with uber and lyft being around now but so much of if you're going to go out and you're going to have some drinks and you're going to have a good time back in the day it was you got to get a cab you got to worry about getting around like in new york you don't have to worry about that it's such an accessible city like where i went to college washington dc i felt the same way because if we went out to a bar we pretty much walked everywhere or we read rode the metro and if you didn't have that you could pay a little bit of money and take a, a taxi if you could you know wanted to do that but it was easy to get around right it was a very accessible city nobody had cars we never had to think about somebody had beers and they got in a car and it was dangerous like that just didn't exist for me and then I had other friends who lived in New York City you know they're 22 23 years old that's how they would do it right they go out on their block they could it's like it's like almost like being on a cruise ship right you know everybody drinks on cruise ships then you stumble back to your hotel room and you never have to worry about it like New York's just one big cruise ship if you want to go out and the weather's good and uh and and part of the year it is like to me that's the best thing about being in New York yeah, and also, you know, shout out to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I think everyone now, I mean, come on, you and I were growing up, that was a huge problem. Like, you know, young yeah. people getting in cars when they're drunk, nobody does that now. In New York, we never had to do it because you did have the subway, you did have cabs, and these guys are obviously, you know, rich enough where they can get a driver. But I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I remember covering J.R. Smith when he played for the Knicks. And J.R., you know, who would spend time, you know, with a bunch of different teams. He'd been with the Denver Nuggets, and he actually went over to China to play during the lockout, then came back over, you know, to the U.S. and was playing for the Knicks, and he was a Jersey kid, like he was living the life of a single athlete in New York. He was yeah. like, you know, he was living life to the fullest. And to his credit, like Latrell Spiro before him, they were the kind of guys that could basically burn the candle at both ends. They could stay yeah. out all night and it didn't really affect them. I guess when maybe when you're young like that, strong enough, there's a few players that can do that. And Jr. was like, that. believe me, I think, I think you're right. They do look at it as a playground, but I also think sometimes that's why some guys don't want to go here. Yeah, because they look at it like, yeah, I'll go to New York, you know, during like, um, you know, the off season, or we're going to visit there twice a year. Do you know, Clay? How about this? You know, Monday night, as you know, is a big night for NFL players because most of them are off Tuesday. That's like kind of the mandatory yes. off day. You'll get a lot of players coming up from Philadelphia. You'll get players coming down from New England. You know, even Baltimore hanging out in New York City on that Monday night after they practice. They'll get up here and they'll like live it up. They know they have Tuesday off. Then they eventually make their way back to their team in their city on a Tuesday. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You know, I do the Lock It In show with Todd Furman, who is out in Vegas. And this has been a big topic for us, you know, sometimes on the show, but a lot of times off the show. The Vegas Golden Knights are out there. 
And so yep. you can get a lot of sourcing about which teams come out to Vegas during the long <laughs> hockey season and are interested in going out and just having an incredible time, right? Like they're out all night. They don't, I mean, you look, they play 82 hockey games, you know, like if they get a couple of times a year to be in Vegas, they're like a lot of other guys or girls who go to Vegas. They want to live it up, uh, even if they have work responsibilities as well. So he'll gamble on that sometimes. And I wonder about that a little bit with uh, the Vegas uh, Raiders. You know, when the Raiders yeah. actually get out to Vegas, football is a little bit different. NBA would be intriguing, baseball too. But for hockey uh, and, and football, it is a different kind of animal to, uh, to, to be kind of contemplating what's going on there. Well, you're 100% right. I remember when Lawrence Taylor played for the Giants, we used to hear stories all the time that he was always out to all hours of the night. Another guy, however, that could kind of, it didn't, it didn't really bother him. But I'll say this, Jeff Van Gundy once said this to me when he was, when, you know, people are talking about, you know, the NBA having a team in Vegas. It's basically their home away from home now all summer. USA basketball is yeah. out there. The summer league is out there. But he said the same thing. He said, like, for example, the Lakers played Denver. After that game's over, they get on the plane. Let's say they were playing Vegas tomorrow or even tonight. By the time they land, whatever that would be, is it going to be 1 o'clock in the morning, maybe even 2? The, the night is not over. It's not like the city is shut down. So if you have players who are kind of, you know, well, hey, let's, let's live it up. We're in Vegas. You could definitely see that being a factor for baseball teams, 100% hockey, and definitely the NBA. Because I think eventually the NBA will get there. I mean, they basically have set up shop in, uh, in Vegas for a number of years now. It's turned into a little bit of a story, just kind of percolating a little bit, how bad the NBA ratings have been in November and December and early October for the start of the year. Should the NBA be concerned? They're down over 20%, I think, on TNT, over 20% on ESPN, down around 13% on the regional sports network. So it's pretty consistent across the board. Do you buy into this is a major issue for the league that they need to be worried about, or do you think this is a blip that will be addressed as the season continues? I think, number one, I think um, Adam Silver, I think, has been concerned about it for a while, and I think that's why you saw that report about the in-season tournament. When does that seem as crazy to you, like the in-season tournament, what, as it does to me? The, the only thing is, when I originally heard the idea, I thought, wait a second, the players don't even like the regular season. Now they're going to have to play in the tournament. But the way it would work, so-called qualifying would be, uh, you would play everyone in your division, which would count as the regular season. It would be you play each team in your division, home and away. That's your regular season record. But whoever has the better record, once you get to like December, those teams plus two wild card teams with the best record would advance to a quarterfinal. So it's only two teams playing what would be three extra games. Uh, you know, you'd be quarterfinal, semifinal, and then a final, and have some kind of financial, in, uh, you know, incentive. And here's the thing, Clay. Obviously, the first year they do it, we know how we're all cynical. We're probably going to make fun of it, but they're probably thinking, who knows what it will be like 20, 30 years from now. Maybe it'll become a big, a big deal. But I do think that's Adam Silver's way of acknowledging that he has to be concerned. And I think a couple of things have happened. Number one, there's so many teams. I just think the league is a little watered down. And then you have Zion Williamson, who was the biggest story. The two big stories in preseason were what happened in China and then back here in the U.S., was Zion Williamson. He was like tearing it up and everyone was all excited. ESPN TNT had all their games on early on on TV. He's not playing. Like last night, for, I'm sorry, the other night against Dallas, it was supposed to be Luka Doncic and Zion. Zion didn't play in the game. He's still out. So I think that's been a factor. I think load management is a factor too. What Kawhi Leonard did, ESPN and the league, they had to be fuming mad. I mean, come yeah. on, Kawhi Leonard. But give, give me a break. You know what? Pick another day to miss a game, but it's just the attitude of the players. But to be fair, I think the fans and even the media have come to accept it like, oh, yeah, no, no, it's good that they're doing that. 
if it's Michael Jordan wasn't missing games, and it was a much and back then it was a much more physical league. Carl Malone, John Stockton, you could say, "Oh, all right, you sound like an old guy," but why were they able to do it? It's because a they wanted to do it. They wore it like a badge of honor. If you're you have no cachet in the league unless you're missing games, and that's why Clay. People say it all the time. You can complain to me about James Harden all you want. I don't like the fact that he dribbles the ball too much. He's a one-man show. He draws fouls. He flops. At least he does this. He plays in every game. My man actually enjoys playing basketball. I know that kind of makes him like a whack job in today's world, but he actually enjoys playing. There is something to be said for that. As always, outstanding stuff with uh, Frank Asola. Appreciate it, my man. All right, Clay. Take care. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Guess who's not here? Danny G. At Danny G Radio on Twitter, in case you're interested in uh, finding out where in the world he was. I had no idea about this early this week. Talked to Danny Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No mentions at all. And then I find out that he is not going to be in because he won a drawing to go to Disneyland. And I honestly didn't believe this was real. I was like, but he's over 40. Like, why is he entering Disneyland? And he doesn't have kids. Why is he entering Disneyland drawings? And so I thought I was being pranked because Danny has missed shows for ridiculous reasons before. And it's truly absurd because it's the winner. And so we got Jason Martin to come in and hang out with me here for Thursday uh, because Danny G is going to be at Disneyland. And so did you know, like, what? how did you come to realize that you were going to be sitting in for the show because Danny G was going to be at Disneyland. Did you think this was a joke too? No, I mean, when the bosses hit me up, it's usually for a purpose. It's usually just to fill in for you. Yeah. And this this time it was to fill in for Danny G and and I guess they knew that when it comes to being at work, I'm kind of I, I don't play that. Like I, I'm, I'm always there. I'm never late. I never miss a day for any kind of any reason <laughs> whatsoever. A, I am an perfect island, attendance, folks. I, I am an island, as I always say, of competence, surrounded by an ocean of incompetence. So here's what we're gonna do. Danny G's not in because he is going to Disneyland. Now, let me, can I ask you one quick thing about yes. Disneyland? He lives out there. That's the other thing. It's not like he has to take some like it's not like he's in, you know, uh, New York City and he just won a trip to Orlando. Right. He won a trip in his town and yet he's not able to come into work because he's going to Disneyland. Uh, and again, I would just reinforce here. I don't know who he's going with. I don't know if he's going by himself, but he doesn't have kids. So it's not as if he won a trip to Disneyland and he's like going home and he's like, he's got a five-year-old and it's like the greatest day ever on the planet. But in theory, he could go to Disneyland any day when he's not actually working. Also, they don't open at 5 a.m. Like, well, what are we talking about is, here? I, this is an intriguing question. I mean, I, I, let's I, can we call him? Yeah, I've got is, his is, number. All right. You call him for just a second right. again. Uh, Jason Martin, let's see if he answers, all right? Because I, I, I'm not sure that he's going to answer. Uh, you know, a lot of times when people miss the show and we try to call him and check in on him, I really thought I was getting pranked when I heard that he was going to be at Disneyland. Jason Martin, let me know if he answers on the phone so we can figure out what, what's actually going on here. Because again, the show airs from 3 to 6 a.m. in Disneyland. And unless this is like a special orgy edition of Disneyland, I don't think usually Disneyland is open all night long. Well, he's awake. Oh, of course he is. He's Danny here. G- Danny G, are you with us now? Hello. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. 
So, what? look, you talk with us every single day on the show. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't hear anything about Disneyland. Thursday arrives, and suddenly I hear, oh, Danny G's not going to be in. Jason Martin's going to be in instead. And I thought, oh, what's going on? And then the report is that you're going to Disneyland. Is this really true? Man, I get woken up for this right now. Um, yeah, well, our boss, Scott Shapiro, said that he was going to talk to you about it. Because for the first time in, I don't know, this is my fifth holiday with the company, I won a drawing for the uh, Coast 103.5 night or afternoon slash night that they're going to have at the park later today. So you just decided not to come to work because you're going to go to an amusement park later in the day? Well, when he sent me the email saying that I was one of the names he drew out of his Timberwolves hat, I... You know, I was like, cool, I get to bring a date, go to the uh, the event, and when I talked to him about it, he was like, yeah, and, you know, it's cool, you have, like, I think he checked my workday program, and I have, like, 100 hours of vacation time still available for 2019, so he's like, why don't you just take the end of the week off, that way you can go have fun in Anaheim, so... Yeah, I'm getting ready. Well, I mean, wait a second, are you taking two days I was off? I going to sleep in. My plan, <laughs> my plan was I was going to sleep in, go pick up my tenderoni, bring her to the park for the event. And, you know, even in L.A., I mean, yeah, it's Anaheim. But if you've ever been in Los Angeles and you've driven from L.A. to Anaheim in the daytime, you know, it takes all day. It's an all-day trip. We're well, going to bring all, some beef jerky. For, yeah. First of all, <laughs> I have done this. All right? I have flown from Nashville to L.A. with kids, landed, yeah. rented a car, driven to Disneyland, spent all day at Disneyland, and then driven back to my hotel uh, on Avenue of the, the Stars in, you know, West, uh, West L.A. So, yes, I have done Baller. this. But hold on. Hold on just a second here. The, the bigger issue is... Our boss calls you and says you have extra vacation days. Why don't you just take time off? No one has ever called yeah. me in four years and said, hey, what, why don't you just go to an amusement park and take a couple of days off? Well, Clay, you never have days off because you take like six weeks. Uh, no, I, I don't have, first of all. <laughs> My bank account appreciates it. I have the fewest number of days off of anybody who does national radio. I'm not sure that's yeah, a right. close That second. might be the biggest lie no, I've ever heard this on is, this, this show. This is, un, like, I have not, like, first of all, I don't know how I'm getting attacked. I'm here. <laughs> doing my job as opposed to going to an amusement park but as a larger context here i have not i missed one day since august and that was to officiate a wedding that's it and that's one day off uh since august other than thanksgiving and the day after thanksgiving and i'm gonna miss christmas by the way for people out there i do have a family but for actual this is unbelievable for an amusement park 100 hours you have how do you have more vacation time than me I mean, I, I think that uh, your days off accrue differently than the production staff because you get comp days and things like that, whereas we accrue hours. So 100, 100 I don't even believe. Like, whose side are you yeah. on here, Jason Martin? Like, I know you didn't come in because it was a little bit uh, snowy out one day, but this is ridiculous. He's missing two days to go to an amusement park. The second day is kind of amazing to me. I mean, I went to Disneyland well, well, this summer. They're going to keep the park open just for the iHeart employees and listeners until like one thirty in the morning, and Scott's going to be there too with his. Oh, family. of course, everybody, sure. everybody, the whole everybody in the whole Fox Sports Radio studios is going to amusement parks while no, I'm out here not, burning the midnight oil. 
That's not true. Like I said, this is the first time I've ever actually won any of the drawings. That Who are you taking? I'm going to take the girl that I'm dating right now. And just the two of you, no kids? No. Well, and we don't Can have, you go to every park? Kids. She's got four kids, so I would have to have like plus five. Mm. Yeah, that's ridiculous. First of all, I don't know what you're doing dating a girl with no, four kids. Has, I mean, she has she has a son, but he's going to be in school, and I don't have a plus two. I have a plus one. I just I don't even so, know what to say here, man. I bet the kid's going to be but, upset but to find out you guys are at Disneyland, Disneyland and not him. What park are you well, going to? Is, he probably would be pissed. But this is the more adult of the two parks. This is Disney California. Oh, you're going to California Adventure? Adventure. Okay. Is this the one yeah, with the Star Wars yes. land? This is where the adults would always sneak away to the cantina row with the Mexican food and the margaritas. So you don't need kids to go drink at California. Yeah, just get the Dole Whip and a giant turkey leg and I'll be on your side. I just don't even know what to say about this. we got to finish off the hour one now. The clock's ticking. I'm Clay Travis. I actually work. He's Danny G Radio. He's going to Disneyland, so he's missing two days. He lives, by the way, in L.A. where Disneyland is, meaning he could go any weekend on the uh, the calendar that he wants to go. Our boss is just calling him up, telling him to take days off. I still have 100 hours left, so I was thinking of staying here for a couple more days after the event. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You're probably so there for a couple I'll more see weeks. You next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hang up on him. I can't believe this. Uh, this is Outkick. I'm Clay Travis. I actually work uh, here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks 
tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be What's Dak's value? Uh, as you've now seen him play 12 games, as you've seen the numbers that he has posted, where would you slot Dak in based on what other guys are being paid and also keeping into context that Dak Prescott hasn't made very much money based on where he was drafted so far? So let me hit you with some of these. The highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now, Russell Wilson's making $35 million a year. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, two-time Super Bowl champ, $34 million. Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think most people would agree he's pretty good. 33-5. This one looks like a totally broken system contract. Jared Goff, 33-5. Carson Wentz, 32 million. Matt Ryan, 30 million. Kirk Cousins, 28 million. And this one I think surprises a lot of people. What do you think Jacoby Brissett is making this year, Jason Martin? I guess I could look it up, but I'm not going to. I mean, I have it in front of me, but I'm not going to look for enough down. Uh, but you're talking about for for this year? Just this year. Not a lot. It's got to be something very limited. Single digits in terms of millions? Tw- 28 what? million. Yeah. A lot of people missed this one. The, the Colts are way under the salary cap, and they gave Jacoby Brissett a massive uh, extension and dollar figure. Now, he does not sign for multiple years, I don't believe, but he is making uh, under the salary cap just shy of $28 million this year. Mm. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 27.5. Matt Stafford, 27 million. Then you get into Derek Carr at 25 million. Drew Brees, who's wildly underpaid at 25 million. Alex Smith, who's been out for a year now with that awful injury with the Redskins, 23-5. Brady all the way down at 23. You got Nick Foles at 22 million, which looks like an awful deal right now. Joe Flacco at 22 million as well. Eli, who may be starting this week again, at 21 million. Phillip Rivers at 20.8. And Cam at 20.7. That's all the guys that are making 
$20 million or more. Cam Newton is the last of them. And obviously his deal uh, is older in the in that respect, right? Kind of uh, going forward in terms of his overall impact there. So how would you assess this in general um, as you look at the value of Dak Prescott in terms of their deserved salary right now? Well, watching him this year, look, I, I was a little bit unsure about Dak last year. Yep. Uh, I, I wanted to wait and see. I wasn't terribly impressed. I thought it was more Zeke's team, and this year it hasn't been. This year, Dak has more often than not outperformed many people's expectations for what he was going to be able to do. He has been very, very good. He also, you know, his off the field stuff is good too. And I, I just look at all these numbers and I think, I don't think Jimmy G's that good, for instance. I don't think Kirk Cousins is demonstrably better than Dak Prescott at this point. I had Dak as like the 15th best quarterback entering the season. Now I've easily got him like 7th, 8th, somewhere in that neighborhood. I think that's fair. And Carson Wentz, who's making the 5th most money, is certainly not as valuable right now as Dak Prescott by any stretch of the imagination. And then, of course, you can get to Goff and things like that. He probably, at this point, is above 30 mil. I yeah. think he has earned that, and I think I would be willing to pay him in that 33, 34 mil range. Does it make you nervous? Because it makes me nervous when I see that Jared Goff, who has signed the biggest contract in the history of the NFL in terms of guaranteed money, the amount of money that he is making makes me nervous, kind of spinning it forward based on whatever I invest in Dak. And to be frank, the amount of money that the Eagles have invested in Carson Wentz also makes me nervous. Uh, because I just don't believe either of those guys are worth the money. Now, this is a little bit of a different thing in that in an ideal world, whatever you pay for a house in 10 years, it won't look that expensive because your overall neighborhood will have increased in value and whatever you spent now will look like a good value in 10 years, right? Like that's kind of the ideal scenario. There's a little bit of that with quarterbacks because as we ran through all those different salaries, everybody's salary leaps when their contract comes up to market. So you got guys like Drew Brees and guys like Cam Newton who are relatively still under the overall cap number of what they could be. Uh, But for a guy like Dak who's never made any money at all, I used to laugh and think it was crazy that he wanted $30 million a year or $35 million a year, whatever else. I think if you look at some of these names on here, if I'm Dak Prescott's agent and I see that Jared Goff got 33-5, Jared Goff was the overall number one draft pick. So the Rams already paid him a lot of money in order to be drafted number one overall. Dak Prescott hasn't made very much money. So what I'm arguing if I am Dak Prescott's agent is you don't just have to pay me for the money going forward. You need to be compensating me for the insane overvaluation you got relative to what my salary was compared to the four years when I've been your starting quarterback and haven't hardly gotten paid anything, right? Because we were talking earlier about Derrick Henry and the running back position and and what kind of salary you make. But Dak's salary, if you break it down, is pretty off the charts. I mean, to the extent where when everybody was talking about uh, Zeke Elliott holding out this summer, I was pointing out and saying, wait a minute, the guy who should be holding out really is Dak Prescott because he's really made... No money at all. In fact, I mean, this is crazy. Dak Prescott has made in four years of NFL quarterbacking for the Dallas Cowboys a grand total of $2.7 million. His signing bonus was $383,000. Now, I'm not trying to sneeze at $383,000, 
But there are Wall Street investment bankers who are 25 years old making more money than Dak Prescott made at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He made $545,000 in year one, six thirty-five in year two, seven twenty-five in year three, and he got a big boost in year four where he bumped it all the way up to $2.1 million. But he's still only 26 years old. He's an unrestricted free agent. And I'm saying if I'm Dak Prescott's agent, you're not just having to pay me for the next four or five years, you're going to have to pay me more for the four years that I already paid played already, where you only had to pay a grand total at the quarterback position of $2.7 million. Yeah. When you were talking about Wentz and golf, I started to think about that. And the difference to me between the money Wentz and golf got and what Dak should get in this case is Wentz has a brilliant offensive mind in Doug Peterson that may have made him look better than he was. Jared Goff, we think, still has a brilliant mind as his head coach in Sean McVay. And when when they paid Jared Goff, I said, well, that makes total sense because even if he is a system quarterback, he's working in that system. So if they have perfect chemistry together, then go ahead and pay him because maybe he wouldn't be that for anybody else, but for the Rams, he would be. Dak, though, to me, is doing this in spite of what's going on on the sidelines. What he's doing is what he's doing. Whatever you're going to have in the future is not likely to be Jason Garrett. So you're not paying Dak Prescott based on a Sean McVay or a Doug Peterson. You're, You're basically paying him because he's a bright spot despite what's happening on his sidelines. And to me, that makes him even more valuable. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. So that's a good point uh, about what might happen going forward with Jason Garrett, Dak Prescott, and what his value is. Let's talk about the other side. The Chicago Bears. Who would you be most interested in being their quarterback of the future if you are their head coach right now, if you are their administration, looking at Mitch Trubisky? The unfortunate thing for Mitch Trubisky, as I said in hour one, is he's always going to be connected to Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, two quarterbacks who had no business being drafted after him. That's not his fault that they have been studs. But if Mahomes and Watson were not very good either, everybody would just talk about how the whole draft class was a bust and nobody would focus on Trubisky. It's not just that Trubisky's not been good. It's that the other guys in his draft class have been extraordinary and look like they are going to be extraordinary for years and years to come. But we just had Ron Rivera fired. Cam Newton potentially is a free agent. Teddy Bridgewater is out there. Marcus Mariota, maybe Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers, plus you've got the possibility of Tua, Justin Herbert, and probably he's going to be gone, but Joe Burrow. The Bears have already shown they're willing to trade up once before. Who would be your ideal quarterback for next year? I think it's fair to say that Chase Daniel isn't going to be the guy, right? And I've got a crazy plan here. Because Mark Helfrich is the offensive coordinator, a part of me would think hey, I can probably get Marcus Mariota for 7 or $8 million a year. I still don't have much invested with Mitch Trubisky. I'll throw those two guys against each other, see how they do. If neither one of them is decent in this coming year, then we at least know we haven't spent a lot of money. We go back into the draft. It's going to be a good draft class next year. Trevor Lawrence right at the top of the list. 
I'm not sold on any of these free agents. I know there'll be a lot of talk about, oh, Cam Newton could come to Chicago and change everything. Not necessarily a believer in it. Not a believer necessarily in Phillip Rivers to Chicago making sense. Uh, Look, if you have an availability to potentially get Tua or Justin Herbert, I think you would have to think about it. But that seems unlikely given where the Bears are projected to draft pick right now. What would you want to do if you were a Chicago Bear fan uh, looking forward if you are convinced, as I think almost all of them have to be convinced at this point, that Mitch Trubisky is not the guy? Yeah, I mean, I think that's clear. Um, uh, see, do you like any of those yes, names potentially I, I, as free agents that could make sense for the Bears? If you could lure or if you could somehow get Teddy Bridgewater out of the Saints, I would look at that. Like that, That is something that seems to me... Like, it makes a lot of sense. But then you're looking at a lot of also-rans or some older guys, like you mentioned. Maybe Andy Dalton, if he were, if you could have gotten Andy him Dalton's at the trade deadline. Too, I but mean, you know, let's be honest. That's basically Tyrod Andy Taylor. Dal- yeah, you can't feel like if you're the Bears at this point, hey, the guy who's going to save our franchise is Andy Dalton. He's had opportunities to do that with the Bengals. What I'm getting at is... There's not a, like, all of the options out there have kind of a glaring flaw. Like, I'm not a believer, and we'll talk with Dr. David Chow about this in hour three, because he's more of an expert in this by far, certainly, than you or I are. But I'm nervous about Cam Newton when I hear another surgery. I think he's had three surgeries in four years now. Uh, He's taken a lot of hits over the years. He's going to be 31. I tend to think we might be trending towards another Andrew Luck situation with Cam Newton, where he says, hey, you know what? I, I love the game, but my body He's just not going to allow me to play uh, into well into my 30s like a lot of pocket passing quarterbacks would be able to do who have limited the overall number of hits they've taken over the years. And so that would be my concern kind of as you look ahead. Yeah, I wouldn't take Cam. I, I feel like Cam had a career and would before you take, this. Would you take Phillip no. Rivers? I wouldn't. I no. mean, he's going to be 38 years old in, in a couple of days, I think. And uh, he has not been very good with the uh, the Chargers so far this year. I don't think he, at best, you got a couple of years on him, and I don't think he's a couple of year guy who can take you to the Super Bowl in Chicago. Mariota's not going to cost much. Winston's not going to cost much. But are you really convinced those guys can be next level, infinitely better players than Mitch Trubisky? I'm not. So I think that's kind of the challenge you find yourself in. Yeah. I mean, it's patchwork, is what you're doing, unless you just find somebody that you absolutely love. But. To me, Cam Newton, even though he had a career, so this is a very imperfect analogy to make, but at this point, Cam Newton strikes me as Greg Oden. But he had a career before. Like, Greg Oden never got out of the blocks, but there were risks, and it made you worry about what he was going to be. And I think that's where we are with Cam Newton. Cam's just taken too much of a beating for me to risk him and to think he can be the future. Because I also question how much fire he has in his belly. Because let's be honest, Greg Oden, maybe not a great analogy because he never really got out of the gate, no. but Cam won a national championship. He won a Heisman Trophy. He won an MVP. He took his team to the Super Bowl. He did not win the Super Bowl. That's the only thing on his roster of accomplishments that he hasn't done. But there aren't very many quarterbacks who've won a national championship, a Heisman Trophy, won an NFL MVP, and gone to a Super Bowl. In fact, I'm trying to think right now off the top of my head, how many guys can you even think of who have accomplished all four of those things in their in their tenure, in their career? Here's a question for you. This is totally off that. I mean, I agree with what you just said, but if you're the Bears, what if you can get Tannehill? Well, I don't think, yeah, I, I think Tannehill has certainly put himself into a position where worst case scenario, depending on how you finish the season, the Titans could franchise tag him, right? So they don't, they don't want to do it, 
but you could do it and not be paying that much more money to Tannehill than you were paying to McNair, I mean, McNair, to uh, Mariota and to Tannehill this year. So I think that's probably the saving grace if you're looking forward and thinking about, you know, how you would handle that. If he, let's say he does incredible in the, uh, in the final few years, that's where I think you could kind of put yourself um, in, you know, in that scenario. By the way, I'm looking up, because I, I do think that's fascinating about Cam Newton having had all of those accomplishments. And there are a lot of older guys, right, who may have been able to do it back before, you know, like I know the, the, the league in general. But there aren't very many guys who have won a Heisman Trophy and even gone to a Super Bowl at the quarterback position. Like I'm running through all of the guys who have won a uh, who have won a Heisman Trophy at quarterback since 1980. All right, I'm just going to start in 1980. You've got uh, Doug Flutie, no. Uh, you got Vinny Testaverde, no. You've got Andre Ware, no. Ty Detmer, no. Gino Toretta, no. Charlie Ward, no. Uh, Danny Werfel, no. Uh, Chris Winkie, no. Eric Crouch, no. Carson Palmer, no. Although, interestingly, Carson Palmer is one of the more successful Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. And by the way, is everybody out there like, man, there haven't been very many Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks that have even been very good in the NFL. Jason White, no. Matt Leinert, no. Troy Smith, no. Tim Tebow, no. Sam Bradford, no. Uh, Cam Newton, who did it. RG3, no. Johnny Manziel, no. Jameis, still at least around. Marcus Mariota, still at least around. Lamar Jackson, uh, who may end up eventually uh, doing it. We'll see. Then Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, who are both relatively young guys. So Cam Newton, even though if he had to hang up the jersey and the cleats right now, I think even at 31, we would look at him and say, man, there aren't very many guys who've won a Heisman Trophy and gone to a Super Bowl, much less won a Heisman Trophy and also won an NFL MVP. As I just ran through that list, it's kind of an impressive accomplishment that I don't think Cam gets enough credit for. Yeah, it's super impressive. It really is. And you think about all the Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks that were gimmicks, basically, yeah. that were great athletes, but never projected to be that much in the pros. And you you know, you know, ran through that laundry list. Another basketball example, maybe a better one for Cam Newton, just because of how high he is, his ceiling appeared to be and the fact that he made it as far as he did is somebody like Penny Hardaway. That makes more sense. Because somebody Penny that Hardaway made had... it to the finals yeah. and lost and then never got back and was a shell of himself because he just kept getting banged up. Grant Hill never made it to the finals, but Grant Hill would be another example. Yeah. Yeah, those are good examples, I think, outside of the world of uh, of the NFL. And again, I think we just saw it in this offseason. Cam does not seem like a guy who's going to stand on the sideline and hold a clipboard. And I've been on that theory for months now. He is a guy who considers himself to be a global icon. Global icons aren't backup quarterbacks. So I think it's possible that he could pull, I mean this legitimately, in the offseason, if there's not a team that rolls out the red carpet or teams that roll out the red carpet for him and say, we believe you can take our team to go win a Super Bowl championship, you're our guy, I think he might just say, hey, I'm going to hang it up. Doesn't mean he might not come back because I do think with injuries and everything else, there's possibility that a good team could see Cam Newton and decide that they want to uh, kind of move forward with him uh, after somebody else gets injured. But I just don't see that many teams out there that are going to be looking at him and thinking he's the answer. And look, the Bears may be one of them, but I'm just not sure that makes a lot of sense. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 